Hello Coven, I am your host, Rachel Pond, and in this week's episode, I will be discussing necromancy, also known as dark magic or black magic. Uh, Before I start, I just want to say, please excuse my voice if it sounds a little weird this week. I'm feeling a little under the weather these last few days, so, um, but I wanted to make sure I got this episode out for you, partially because I'm super excited about it, and partially because I want to keep up with the spooky, um, October theme I have going. So, let's jump right on into it. So, necromancy, according to, uh, Wikipedia is the practice of communicating, excuse me, with the deceased. Um, Either summoning their spirit as a... Oh, apparition. I don't know why I couldn't say that word at first. I was like, what? Uh, So either summoning their spirit as an apparition or uh, uh, visions um, or rising them um, them meaning the deceased's body um, from the dead Um, originally interesting enough throughout my research I I found out that originally necromancy was considered just divination Um, and over time What changed that was our view, and when I say our, I mean our ancestors' opinion on death. Um, Once um, our ancestors started believing that there was a place that good people went and bad people went, um, they started using necromancy as a way to guide the deceased um, to the uh, preferred afterlife. I don't want to say heaven because, um, you know, that's somewhat of a new thing. Our ancestors typically believed in deities. And so if it was somebody that you loved that had passed, you wanted to guide their spirit to um, the quote-unquote good deity um so necromancy um originally was not considered like a dark art it was a way to communicate with the deceased um because it was believed that the deceased held information that could help the living so for example there is a story in the bible I believe it's, uh, uh, I believe it was Samuel who was trying to contact, uh, Saul. I could be wrong, (laughs) um, on, I could have got, I could gotten the name swapped, but pretty much, uh, Samuel had a necromancer, um, which was considered illegal in the story in the Bible, but he did it anyway. He was the king. He could do what he wanted. He got the necromancer to contact Saul's spirit to see if he will win this battle that he was in. And of course, uh, Saul, the deceased spirit, uh, said that 
you know, this, this war is not in your favor. You and all your sons are going to die. And as the story goes, um, Samuel and all his sons do die in the, in the battle, in the war. Um, so over time, necromancy has been associated with, um, you know, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, for example, and this clearly is not uh, the most recent example, but it's one that comes to my mind, is if you remember the Disney uh, movie, uh, The Frog and the Prince, or The Princess and the Frog, where, uh, gosh, I wish I could marry, remember her name, but she gets turned into a frog, and she's got, like, this frog friend and an alligator, and they're all trying to help her, but the quote-unquote evil guy in the movie he does necromancy and he summons all these uh, dead spirits and has them doing his bidding. Um, that's a form of necromancy. Um, but originally, it was seen as just a way to, yes, guide your deceased loved one to um, their peaceful rest. Also, gathering information. And um, for those that were not supposed to uh, have passed. It was a way to help them guide them back um, and um, bring them back to life. Um, Also, like I mentioned with the example of the Bible, uh, it's a way to gather information and, um, you know, uh, kind of predict, help you through the future. Um, some steps that devotees uh, to necromancy or just working with the dead, um, they had to do tasks to prove if they were uh, to show their um, their desire to enter this practice because uh, it, it wasn't very easy. Um, I couldn't find any examples of tasks that they would have to do. But, um, I'm sure this will not be the last time. I'm sure at some point I will want to dive more into this topic because this is a very lengthy topic, um, and a 45 minute podcast episode will not be able to cover it all. So I'm sure at some point throughout this podcast, I will revisit this topic and I will have further information for you all on that. Um, so... Now diving into uh, deities that were associated with necromancy. The first one that came up was uh, Hecate. Um, And of course, she is not the only one. I will mention a couple others. Um, But the reason she's associated with it is because she's associated with uh, crossing of the roads. Um, Um... Entranceways, uh, night, magic, um, logic. So, um, ghost, necromancy. So she's associated with the crossing of the roads, you know, leaving the, the living and going to the dead. Um, others are, um, the Norse goddess Freya. Um, let's see here. And then um, 
Loki's daughter, Hel, is also um, a, a deity that you could work with um, and that were worked with back in the old days uh, when dealing with necromancy or just death in general. Um, in Chinese mythology, um, there was a, um, a, a god, uh, I don't want to misspell this and I don't want to be respect, disrespectful, so I'm going to spell it out. R-E-L-I-G-I-O-N. And, um, let's see here. Or was that, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That wasn't, um, that wasn't her name. I'm sorry. Uh, so in uh, Chinese mythology, Mango Po, M-E-N-G space P-O. Um, in, uh, Egyptian mythology, Osiris was the god of death and helping the deceased cross over and um if i am not mistaken you had to weigh your soul on a scale and if it stayed level and um you know it didn't drop down or anything it showed that your heart was light as a feather and that you were pure and you were able to move on to the next life and the list just goes on i'm sure if you hopped on Google, you could find many, many more. But, um, um, so it is, um, as I'm sure you can imagine, it is best if you have, um, guidance, protection, um, some sort of ward around you as you're working with necromancy, because I'm sure. For the majority of people, they get into necromancy. They have a purpose. They want to communicate with their deceased loved one or a best friend who's passed. Um, but, you know, as uh, I have touched on in other episodes, just because you're intending to seek communication with a particular spirit doesn't mean there isn't the chance that you could be tricked and a negative spirit could come forward and trick you and make you think it's the person you want to speak to. Um, and you don't want to have your guard down and give them, by accident, of course, free reign. So make sure to have your, your protections up. And um, I want to do a full episode on just protections. Um, you know, for like your day-to-day life also when you're doing spell work as well. So I'm not sure when that episode's going to come out, but that is an upcoming episode. Um, So, um, let's see here. So just keep that in mind in all your spell work. Just make sure that you have a good, strong uh, protection guard around you. Um, and have, um, I forget what I was going to say, but yeah, just make sure you're good on the protections. Um, which souls, uh, should you try to contact? Ideally people that, um, that you have known. So like the example, the deceased loved one or, 
a friend or or something like that. Now, if you had been, let's say you're doing like family lineage, like your ancestors, you've done 23andMe and all of that, and you're feeling really connected to your four-time great-grandfather, let's say, Um, and you've got his name and all these things, you know, I'm just using a random example, but let's say, um, just be aware, you know, Um, even another example, and when I say beware, I mean because it wasn't somebody that you knew in your life and you didn't know him that well, it's easy for negative spirits to trick you. So just be on guard, have questions that he would be the only one or somebody, another deceased family member would only have the answer to and be like, could give you like the green light. Um, let's see here. Um, so uh, when in... When is the best, when and how, I should say, are the best time to invoke the dead, to awaken a spirit? Um, Well, this time of year that we're in right now, um, you know, we're approaching uh, Halloween and the veil is getting thinner and thinner. Um, There are other times throughout the year when the veil is thin, but personally for me, Um, this is when I feel it the most. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't do it any other time of the year. I, if you have like a particular person in mind, which I highly recommend, you don't just go into it willy nilly. Um, if you know the person's birthday or a significant day for that person when they were alive, like for example, my grandfather, he was in the Navy the majority of his life. So like... Uh, Memorial Day. Is that it? Memorial Day? I don't know. But the, yeah, I think it's Memorial Day. It's dedicated to uh, celebrating the people that are in the um, military, any force, you know, anyone that's serving our country. I feel like I said the wrong holiday name, but hopefully you know what I'm talking about. Um, You know, for me, if I wasn't going, like, if I was going to do necromancy and invoke my grandfather's spirit, um, besides this time of year, I would do it on his birthday in July. Um, you know, that was a very, I mean, for everybody, their birthday is a special day, but for him, um, he really enjoyed his birthday because it was, besides the holidays, the only time the whole family really got together and he was very much a family oriented type of person and um he really just loved being around family so remembering that I would possibly do it on his birthday um I have never had to like intentionally sit down and be like I'm going to invoke the energy of this deceased loved one um when my grandfather first passed, he would constantly show up like an actual vision. Um, an example was one time I was like meditating and it was like this huge ray of sunshine and his face was like right in the middle of it. Like kind of like if you've ever watched the Teletubbies when you were little, you know, Tinky Winky, Poe, all that. Um, and remember the sun in the middle of it was a baby's face. It was kind of like that, but it looked like a real ray of sunshine. It wasn't like a cartoon. Um, 
And he appeared quite a bit like that. Also, while I was working and doing my Reiki for clients and stuff, he would appear to me as time has gone on. And yes, of course, I I miss him to death. But as I have healed over his passing, he doesn't necessarily appear to me as like, you know, here I am. It's more just feeling his energy. Um, So uh, I, I don't know. That's just how it's been for me. For some people, uh, they might constantly see visions um, and, you know, have things being moved and stuff and be like, oh, that was grandpa or whoever. So, um, yeah, sorry if I went on a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> um, other ways to, um, you know, uh, invoke the, uh, the energy of a loved one, um, back in the old days, they would, um, they believed, our ancestors believed that, um, uh, the deceased person that you're trying to invoke would take over the person's body and would have complete control of everything the person said, did, and, um, that was, if that was successful, that was the deceased person's way of saying, you know, um, sharing information, being like, I'm here to, to help you through whatever it was the reason that you were invoking them. Um, let's see. Um, other ways, um, because I don't want you to go into this. If you ever decide to start practicing necromancy, this is not something casual, like, like, for example, it's not like making a spell jar, just something that you just do on a random Tuesday. This takes a lot of planning and, um, I definitely recommend a lot of research before you, um, get super serious about it. Um, because the one thing that has constantly been popping up during my research is that you may go into it with the purest intentions to contact a certain person, but the deceased can be tricky and a negative spirit can attach to that opening and make you think it's the person that you want to contact. So I am not saying this to scare anyone. I just want to inform you um, of the possibilities so you can educate yourself and protect yourself and make sure that you are safe through the whole situation. And um, yeah, again, I am not saying any of this to, to scare anyone off. Just wanting to Put it out there. Um, but other ways is um, by doing offerings. So before you go to bed at night, take some bay leaves and write the name of the person or your desired intention. Um, put it under your pillow, go to sleep, and then uh, jot down any visions, dreams, um, you know, etc. that you have during that night. Uh, you can also leave out um, offerings. Uh, for example, uh, let's say, you know, your best friend died and you want to uh, contact them and see how they're doing on the other end. And let's say 
your best friend loved um, sushi, you know? So, um, that's like a random example, but go with me with this. Um, so, like, you know, either make the sushi yourself, which if you can't or you don't have the time, go somewhere and pick up sushi, especially if you can, um, you know, like their favorite kind of sushi, put it out on a, a small altar for them. It could be just, you just make one tiny area for this one situation and you have your plate there and you leave it for them. And, uh, you know, they'll see the offering and if, obviously if it's something that they enjoyed while they were alive, it would hopefully bring, you know, they'll accept it and then they'll bring themselves forward and then you're able to work with their spirit. I hope that made sense. I hope I wasn't just rambling there. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought I had a whole lot more to discuss, but, uh, with that being said, I want to leave you with, um, some, um, with a book recommendation And, of course, like usual, all my references and uh, the book suggestion will be linked in the description down below. And um, I will be back next week uh, with a brand new episode. I will be back discussing uh, graveyard magic. Um, And I hope you all have a magical week. And... I'm sorry for uh, me not being 100% and this episode being a little short. Uh, next week, I will be back and uh, you'll get your <laughs> normal full-length uh, episodes. But um, yeah, in the meantime, you can always find me over on Instagram and TikTok, both at Practical Magic Pod by Coven.